Let us begin in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, welcome to another edition of Seeds of Truth. This is your host, Joe Holcraft, coming to you from KKXX Studios, Chico Life Radio, 103.9 FM and AM 930. It is great to be with you another Friday evening as we are set to continue our exploration into how to best respond to that question, uh, can you pray for me? Over the past six months, we have been responding uh, to that question, uh, and what I've done is I have more or less broken it down into nine keys, nine points that we ought to be attentive to if we are going to best respond to that question, can you pray for me? Now, this is not the sine qua non, right, the definitive answer to that question, in as much as they are nine points that might help you as they've helped me. Uh, and so today and next week, what I want to do is review those nine keys to set up our next few months. Now, about those next few months, as I was hinting at yesterday, you have asked me to talk about the saints. And so what I thought I could do is take our treatment of the saints and pour it into the nine keys, the subject matter, again, that we will be talking about over the next few weeks. All right, so that being said, as we talk about intercession, let us remember something that's very, very important, quintessential to our intercessory prayer. Our mediation, okay, our intercession, our petitions of intercession— is a going into, a sharing in the one mediation of Christ. And I want to emphasize this because I know there's that all-important passage that comes to us from 1 Timothy 2.5, and once we understand that it is a mediation that is a going into, it actually might help us better understand then that passage from 1 Timothy 2.5, which is what? For there is one God and there is one mediator between God and men, the man, Jesus Christ. Now, left alone, this verse appears to be at odds really with the entirety of the last six months of this project we have put before us to better respond to that question, can you pray for me? But in context, in context, it puts the scope of our response into its proper framework, right? I mean, consider just a few verses earlier, St. Paul was urging prayers of intercession. What do we read in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 to 4? First of all, then, I urge, this is St. Paul to Timothy, that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for all people. This is good, and it is pleasing in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. Clearly, my friends, St. Paul wants us to see our prayers of intercession are what but good and pleasing. This is St. Paul, good and pleasing in God's presence, and that all petitions of intercession find their proper conduit, if you will, in and through Christ Jesus. Christ was not partly human and divine, but fully human and divine. And in this, he becomes really, we could say, the perfect midpoint between God and humanity. 
St. Paul was urging intercessory prayers because Christ himself urged us to go to him with our prayers of intercession. This is what we read in Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 to, 7 to 8. And of course, as we go to him, into him, we share in his power, St. Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 11, and Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18. In the end, my friends, intercessory prayer is fertile ground because our mediation is a going into the one who is the author of all that is life-giving. God wants us to think like he thinks, act like he acts, live like he lives, and praying for others, as I said some months ago, is a beautiful way of thinking, acting, and living like Christ. In and through intercessory prayer, God is asking us to enter more deeply into his outgoing love and mercy, and really that, I could say, is probably at the heart of this project. And we enter more deeply when we pray as we live (laughs) and live as we pray. Now, to the review. In our first step, we talked about the priority of praying in the Spirit. Brothers and sisters, there's only one kind of prayer. Prayer prayed in the Spirit, because it is the Holy Spirit that initiates the movement of God in our heart, huh? It is the Holy Spirit that blows life into our heart, inspiring, inflaming our heart with a love for God, because the Holy Spirit is the love of God. The Holy Spirit has, we could say, the leading role in the drama that unfolds in our listen-response relationship with God as the Holy Spirit awakens within us the desire to encounter God, talk with God. Is not the gift of the Holy Spirit, my friends, the gift of encounter? For it is the manifestation of the encounter between the Father and the Son. The gift of love, that is, God, the Holy Spirit, desires that we talk with the one who eternally gives love. What do we read in that all-important passage from uh, Romans chapter 8, verses 26 to 27? The Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know how to pray as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes. Did you catch that? Intercedes for us with sighs too deep for words. And he who searches the hearts of men knows what the mind of the Spirit is, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. Praying on behalf of others in the Spirit is to sigh, huh? is to groan on behalf of others in the presence of God. Sighs and groans are the love language of the Holy Spirit. Praying in the Spirit, my friends, is a non-negotiable to intercessory prayer. There is no intercessory prayer without the gift of the Holy Spirit. In our second tip, we discuss the call we have to pray in faith, right? Faith is primary. Faith is the door that opens us up to God. Whenever we approach God, We do so in faith because as Mark chapter 9 verse 24 reminds us, everything is possible to one who has faith. The author to the letter to the Hebrews reminds us, without faith it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and and that he rewards those who seek him. By praying in faith, my friends, we draw near to God. By pursuing God in faith, we are rewarded with his benevolence, his goodness, his mercy. Now, 
First, faith is what but a gift, a gift received. Second, faith is an act. And this we explored in great detail, the act of confidently listening to God and rising in response to the one you are listening to. Faith is the firm response to not what you believe, but who you believe in, God who is love. In our third key, we discuss the importance of praying from the heart. To pray from the heart is to pray from that most interior place of your being. Here we touched upon that all-important paragraph from the Catechism, paragraph 2563, and I'll just read this again because I think it captures the essence of why praying from the heart is so important to our response to that question, can you pray for me? This is paragraph 2563. The heart is the dwelling place where I am, where I live. According to the Semitic or biblical expression, the heart is the place to which I withdraw. The heart is our hidden center, beyond the grasp of our reason and of others. Only the Spirit of God can fathom the human heart and know it fully. The heart is the place of decision, deeper than our psychic drives. It is the place of truth, where we choose life or death. It is the place of encounter, because as images of God, we live in relation. It is the place of covenant. Isn't that beautiful? You know, it's interesting The Hebrew and Greek words for heart can be found over 1,000 times in sacred scripture. Over 1,000 times, making it by far and away the most anthropological term used in the Bible. The heart, as Proverbs chapter 4 verse 23 would highlight, is the seat of who we are and everything we do flows to and from the heart. Praying from the heart, my friends, is of the highest priority because... If our prayer is going to be effective, then we must pray from the heart. If the Holy Spirit is the substance of our prayer, then this substance needs residence, and the heart is the place to which the Holy Spirit takes up residence. Now, out from praying in in the Spirit, praying in faith and from the heart, we then place an emphasis on praying with fervor. Fervent prayer is essential to intercessory prayer because As St. James tells us, chapter 5, verses 15 to 16, we pray for one another, and as we do, we do so in fervent prayer because the fervent prayer of a righteous man is powerful in its effects. We are a result-oriented culture, and intercessory prayer is no different. We want to see the effects of our prayer. And while we are not always granted to see the effects of our prayer, sometimes we are, St. James is letting us know that fervent prayer from a man imbued with God's love and grace yields powerful results. Powerful results. Fervent prayer is a manifestation of praying from the heart. Fervent prayer is, is the impassioned conviction that arises from the heart that has been set aflame with the fire of God's love. And this concentrated prayer we can call the breath of God blows its flames into a heart producing this intense belief that God will answer our prayer. Fervent prayer is is powerful in its effects because it is the prayer of high voltage, we could say, putting a charge into who and what we pray for. When Jesus prayed with sighs and groans to heal the man with the speech impediment, 
He set himself up like a conduit of energy. We too are to become conduits of energy, and we are when we pray fervently. Next, we highlighted why it is so key to pray on the spot. As we say, yes, I will pray for you with a spiritual fervor and a faith-filled heart, we ought to do so on the spot. In other words, our intercessory prayer should not waste time. Because as Paul reminds us in chapter 13, verse 11, in his letter to Rome, salvation is near to us now than when we first believed. Don't waste time. Time is precious. Tomorrow is not guaranteed. And so in addition to the value of the present moment, praying on the spot assures the individual you are praying for that you are serious about prayer. This can be a source of hope, huh? a source of consolation for the person who has asked for your prayers. Now, something else here. Spontaneous prayer, as we are talking about praying on the spot, arises from the heart of contemplation. The more we withdraw into the deep caverns of our heart in contemplation, the greater desire we will have to intercede on the spot. Hmm? Now, to our last key that we will touch upon this evening in a review is the key of being specific, right? Don't be generic before God. God desires to know the details of what is on our heart. This is not for his sake. He already knows the details, but for our sake. There is great power when we sound out our prayers of intercession. As a father, I rejoice when my child is detailed in his requests. It shows me that he knows what he wants. God rejoices over the same, let's call it deliberate prayer. Be intentional. Be specific. Jesus desires as much. You know, there are a few passages that sound the alarm more clearly for the need to be specific in prayer than the healing of Bartimaeus in the Gospel of Mark. What do we read there? Chapter 10, verses 46 to 52. And they came to Jericho. Bartimaeus, a blind beggar, the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And many rebuked him, telling him to be silent. But he cried out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and said, Call him. And they called the blind man, saying to him, Take heart, rise, he is calling you. And throwing off his mantle, he sprang up and came to Jesus. And Jesus said to him, What do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said to him, Master, let me receive my sight. And Jesus said to him, Go your way, your faith has made you well. And immediately he received his sight and followed him on the way. So in this narrative... Bartimaeus hears Jesus from a curbside and cries out to Jesus for mercy. His cry appears to be both genuine and specific. Genuine in that he cries out twice, right? Specific in that he identifies Christ as the son of David to be merciful upon him. Clearly, Bartimaeus was crying to Jesus out of a knowledge and faithfulness that Jesus could heal his blindness. Suffering cries, Bartimaeus was suffering. Yet, he does not ask for Jesus to specifically heal his blindness, but for mercy in general. Why? I don't know. Your guess is as good as mine. Perhaps he was afraid to ask for such a specific desire 
for fear of being denied. I don't know. Whatever the reason, Jesus stops, calls him forth, and asks him the question point blank. What do you want me to do for you? Bartimaeus asked Jesus for mercy. Jesus asked Bartimaeus to be specific. Right? Certainly, this key included a reflection into that uh, topic of thy will be done. And maybe we will pick up here where we left off, pick up with this key, wrap up our last three keys to then begin a reflection on the lives of the saints as you have requested. Amen? Amen. All right, let us close with a word of prayer. All glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen, and God bless you. Thanks for listening to Seeds of Truth, heard every evening, Monday through Friday at 5.30 here on KKXX. If you'd like to hear this program or find out how you can help support Seeds of Truth, the website is joeholcraft.org.